0: we're in the middle of Sukkot and every year in Sukkot we read Ecclesiastes and so the question is why do we read Ecclesiastes at this time of the year and what is the theme of the Sukkot feast the theme of Sukkot is joy and in fact the rabbis say that anybody who has not been Jerusalem during Sukkot has no idea in the world what true joy is 389 verses tell you to be joyful that's a lot the old preacher's story and, and may even be true is that there are 365 fear nots in the bible one for every day well there's more joy than fear not i haven't counted the fear not so i repeat that apocryphally it may be true but joy i do know and that's 389 god commands us to be joyful It. Is not a suggestion, it's a commandment. So, for example, in Leviticus 23, which is the passage of the scripture which lays out the feasts, it says, On the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the produce of the land, you shall celebrate the feast of the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a solemn rest, and on the eighth day shall be a solemn rest, and you shall Take on the first day the fruit of splendid trees, branches of palm trees, and boughs of leafy trees, and wolves of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. So, the commandment for this time of year is to rejoice. Now, have you ever been in a bureaucracy? It's in many ways kind of soul-destroying. I can remember I was the post-engineer at Fort Irwin basically a city manager and I go into one of the offices that I was supervising and there were these signs scattered around one of them was it's hard to soar with eagles when you work with turkeys (laughs) and everybody snickers and I had them take it down get it out of there because what you don't want is you don't want the attitude in your office to be that everybody except you is a turkey that's destroying Anyway, one of the things that you would see in offices like that, I, again, I never let it be in any of mine, is the beatings will not stop until morale improves. So God commands joy, and sort of the cynical thought is, so the beatings won't stop until you're joyful? And in fact, God says in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 28, and this is the curses part all these curses shall befall you they shall pursue you and overtake you until you are wiped out because you did not heed the Lord your God and keep the commandments and the laws that he enjoined upon you they shall serve as signs and proofs against you and your offspring for all time because you would not serve the Lord your God in joy and gladness over the abundance of everything so unless you're joyful You're going to be destroyed, and you're going to go into exile. I mean, everybody understand the difficulty of these passages of Scripture? Now, I will suggest to you that the problem is that there are two words, joy and happiness. And they're not the same. And my little joke is you can tell they're not the same because they're spelled differently. People confuse happiness with joy and God does not command happiness he doesn't command you to be happy he commands you to be joyful so what's the difference between happiness and joy happiness is an emotion we all have lots of emotion. for example as many of you were praying watching the events taking place in Washington today with the attempt to confirm a supreme court justice I will tell you I was angry I was not happy so circumstances have a great deal of effect and influence over your emotions and as you go through your life things are gonna happen to you and around you and so forth and sometimes they're gonna say wow a pony I'm really happy and sometimes you're gonna say well no that's the other end of the pony and I'm not so happy as you go through life you're gonna have emotional ups and downs you're designed that way But what God says is, through that whole thing, you are to be joyful. So even when your emotions are going sideways, you are still commanded to be joyful. So how do we do that? I mean, that's a big thing. How do you do it? Well, the first thing, obviously, is to figure out the difference between joy and happiness. And if we can figure out the difference between joy and happiness, then we have a shot at being joyful at all times. So what are some of the things that joy is not? Well, the first thing I've said is it's not an emotion. And one of the things about emotions is they don't last. And that's by design. And my favorite example of that is a woman giving birth. I've been involved in the birth of four children fairly intimately. I was on receiving, she was on delivery. And I will guarantee you that as she was going through that, her emotions were going sideways but at the end of that when she has a child her emotions went sideways the other way and there was tremendous happiness so emotions are designed to be transient you're not designed to live in one particular emotion all the time and in fact if you do you're probably ill there's something wrong with you if you're always in one emotional state people have gone through automobile accidents People have been thrown off of horses. The idea is get back on the horse and go on. In other words, you don't wallow in the emotion. Joy is not temperament. There are a number of temperaments. Some people are quiet, introverted. Some people are bright and bubbly. Some people tend to be optimistic. Others tend to be pessimistic. Those are all temperaments. That's not joy. So I will suggest the first thing that joy is is a response to love. Think about that a minute. As we go through this life, which is going to have the ups and downs and ins and outs and all that kind of stuff, what God assures us in all of that is he loves us. And he assures us as we go through all of that that there's a reason we are going through it. And it's not because he's angry with us. Well, take that back. Under certain circumstances, he may get angry with us. He gets angry with Israel periodically. So angry is not the right word. It isn't because he hates us. He loves us even in all those circumstances. To use a human example, you, those of you who have children or have been children, and I think everybody falls into one of those two categories, if your parents love you, you have been chastened by your parents because at some point you needed it. Emotionally, that was not fun. You know, when my dad came after me because I had done something wrong, I will guarantee you I was not happy or joyful, quite frankly, because I didn't know the difference then. But When God comes after you because you need to become after, you may be unhappy, and that's okay, but you should not lose the perspective that the reason that it's happening to you is because he loves you and you need it. Now, I have to give one caveat. Anybody Calvinist here? A Calvinist believes that God micromanages everything, and he believes that everything that happens to you is because you need it. I will suggest that's not quite right. So if you're in a situation with some other person, the thing that's happening may be something that that person needs, not you. In other words, in some circumstances you're going to be supporting caste as opposed to the star. And I will suggest in every circumstance there is a star, somebody whose attention God is trying to get, or God is trying to reward, or God is trying to straighten out. That exists in every circumstance, but you may not be the one who's the target. You may be supporting caste to that. So keep that in mind, too. As you're trying to figure out what's going on, our tendency is to say, why me, God? Well, it actually may not be you. It may be that guy there, and God just needs you to be part of that exercise. So the first thing, joy is a response to love. First Peter Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord, Yeshua Messiah. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Yeshua Messiah from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, as was necessary, you have been grieved by various trials go to James count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness so the prophets and the apostles are saying you are going to undergo really difficult times as you go through this life but you should regard those as a source of joy. And that's where we come back to Ecclesiastes. And why we read Ecclesiastes today. What Ecclesiastes says is everything that you go through, somebody else has already gone through. Back in biblical times, they had signal fires and ox carts. We had the internet and automobiles But the same things happen to us as happened to them. Do not confuse technology with events. So when you're texting somebody and they won't text you back, it's like them saying, wait a minute, there's no signal fire on the hill. What do we do? It's still a communication process. And it may take you 10 days to get somewhere by horse, where you can get there now in three or four hours by airplane. But transportation is still the same. In other words the things that happened to us happened to them and will happen to our children if the Lord tarries and doesn't return before them that's what Ecclesiastes is and that takes us back to joy because joy is not in the moment joy is long-term and so what you can do when you know God loves you And when you know God has things for you to do in his kingdom, and when you know that he has set this up for your benefit, you can power through the times of misery, recognizing what's coming. It's really important, because we live in the time stream, and our tendency is to get Involved in the time stream and engrossed in it and we lose track of stuff around us and we lose our perspective. And what scripture is telling us, like in James, is when you go through this stuff, don't lose your perspective. Understand that there's a reason why you're going through this. Understand that as you're going through this, God loves you. Understand as you're going through this that there is a larger goal set forward that you are working your way through so you can be in joy even when your emotions are miserable. That's what Scripture is saying. That's what those passages of Scripture mean. They don't tell you to smile with a Pollyanna grin as you're... Miserable. That's not what the message is. The message is don't jack yourself up and try and make yourself happy when you're in miserable circumstances. That's not what the message is. You're going to go through miserable circumstances, but have a focus on him who loves you and have a focus on the fact that he has a purpose for you and that there is a destination toward which you are going. And you can power your way through the misery to get there, and that is living in joy one of the things that joy is is it's contagious you've heard preachers forever say that people should come up to you and say I want the joy that you have well if people are confusing joy and happiness and you're unhappy then you don't get that reaction that's why I'm saying do not confuse joy with happiness joy is constant Joy is a state of being. Emotions are transient. And the idea, as you're going through miserable times, as we all will, is to be able to project the joy that is in your heart because of who you are in Messiah. And if you do that, you'll be a witness. By the way, we've got a strange schedule today. We're going to have a sort of a light lunch, and there's going to be people scurrying around in the fellowship hall preparing for the feast and so forth. We're going to go ahead and do Midrash in the prayer room down there. And what we're going to talk about today is the Musar attribute of tranquility or equanimity. Tranquility and equanimity go with joy. They go with Sukkot. And they go with Ecclesiastes. And everything comes together in that. So that's why I've chosen that particular attribute of the soul. do today because it fits with the entire theme of the day so I have a saying that I've used for years and I really like it joy is peace in action peace is joy at rest so what I'm suggesting to you is that peace shalom is the flip side of joy just like fear and faith are twins it's one coin one side of it is fear the other side is faith they're positive and negative Same with joy and peace. One side is uh, joy at rest, the other one is peace in action. So, the point of Ecclesiastes is all of the stuff that we accomplish in this world is transitory. We're put here because this is the place that we train and develop our character as we move from this world into the world to come that's why you're here. And what Ecclesiastes says is whatever accomplishments that you make here are going to have to be done again by somebody else that follows you. Nothing that you do here is permanent except the character that you build. That's the point of Ecclesiastes. And what the preacher is saying is don't get bound up in the transitory emotional stuff that everybody goes through as we go through this world. Recognize that it's transitory and it's cyclical, and the stuff that's happening to you is the stuff that happened to previous generations, clear back to Abraham. And there's nothing special that's happened to you that hasn't happened to them. You just got automobiles and cell phones, and they didn't have automobiles and cell phones, but the stuff that God does with them is the same as what He's doing with you. That's the point of that book. So, As we enjoy the feast that's being provided for us today, as we reflect, as we go through the rest of this feast season, count it all joy.